It's derby time. Come on, tell your friends. We'll go to many distant lands. With Dan the coach and Jackie the skater, the fun will never end. It's derby time. Welcome to the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. This is Jackie Bauer. Thank you for joining me today on the path to becoming better athletes, teammates, leaders, and human beings. Hi, everybody. This week's episode is about practicing what you preach. This episode is going to be a gratitude letter to the one and only Bonnie Destroyer. Bonnie Destroyer played from 2003 to September of 2013. Bonnie retired about a month after I met her for the first time. Uh, She did one of her last clinics ever for the league I was a part of. Bonnie Destroyer was a leader in banked track roller derby as a skater and also coached all over the world in bank track, flat track, everywhere. Bonnie was the first paid roller derby coach and she had a dream of roller derby becoming a professional sport and coaches getting paid regularly and really wanted that to happen during her career. She said she was a lifer in roller derby, but that wasn't to be. That did not end up happening during her career. And Kanye West says, you know, make sure to give the flowers while the people can still smell them. Probably says it a lot cooler than that. And so I really wanted to take the time to do my own audio gratitude letter to Bonnie Destroyer, because I don't think that there would be a Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby podcast if I had not met Bonnie Destroyer. Another really cool thing about today's episode is this is the official 100th episode of Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby podcast. This is momentous. For a while, I wasn't sure what I even wanted this episode to be, how special it should be, because I mean, technically, we have more than 100 episodes in our feed because There were the initial five Coach Dan Talks episodes where I restarted the count. And then there have been bonus episodes, run back episodes, story time with Jackie episodes, tail wagging samples. There have been a lot of episodes. It shows up as a lot more than 100. (laughs) But I've only been giving numbers to the ones that are specifically meant to be for the weekly podcast of the appropriate length and for the types of topics that you can count on regularly. So this is number 100, where we are going to look back at lessons that I learned from Bonnie Destroyer and my own takes on them using her knowledge and wisdom as a jumping off point in my own roller derby career, and then later in my podcasting career. Now, there is another reason for the timing of this. And that is, though I have wondered often 
what happened to Bonnie Destroyer over the years because it felt like she vanished off the face of the earth. Like, it's really hard to find any of her blog posts. The website is gone and down. I've tried to send people there to buy her MP3s, and there's just not a way to do it. So you cannot find the Bonnie Destroyer wisdom very easily. And it turns out that there, uh, there is a reason for that, and it, it's a sad reason. And the reason is Bonnie Destroyer has had some challenges in her life, and she has been homeless for about a year. This is um, it's pretty shocking, and it's also kind of a wake-up call for all of us that this could happen to anyone, even someone who seems to have all the answers. Now, she was never perfect. She was always on a, a path of growth trying to do her best, like all of us. But you kind of look at this person as a mentor and you're like, oh my gosh, it's it's so sad that this happened and I really hope she can get her life together. I'm going to be including in the show notes a link to a GoFundMe page that was put together by her brother and Isabel Ringer. And I would encourage you, if you can, to try and show some support and some love Bonnie's way to help her get back on her feet again, because this this could have been any of us. And it really makes you think about all the great things we have in our lives and just be even more grateful for the good things that we have. And so let's go to the more positive stuff now. Let's go to the more positive stuff. Let's celebrate things I learned from Bonnie Destroyer. Now, I met her in early August 2013. A clinic was set up for our league. I was the captain of this league. for the, This is my first year being captain, and I was not having a good time of it. I didn't know what I was doing wrong, and I was feeling alienated from the team and the group. And I just, I was at my wits end. I didn't know what to do anymore. And so here comes in Bonnie Destroyer to teach us skating skills, sure. But even more importantly, I think we all walked away from that clinic with a lot more life skills and interpersonal skills and a better evaluation of how to learn and have compassion for ourselves and how to be better leaders and coaches. So there was a lot there to unpack. And it was kind of heavy and overwhelming for everyone in the league that participated, I think. And not long after that camp, we actually, um, two weeks later, just took a big cross-country road trip and just took time away from Derby to think about everything and let it sink in. I had bought the MP3s by that point, so we were listening to them in the car and just really absorbing the information and talking about it regularly and just trying to figure out how to come back from the mistakes that had already been made and how to move forward. So I'm going to break up this episode into three compartments, so to speak. One is personal. One is interpersonal, working with others. And the last one is going to be leadership and coaching. And I basically just pulled out some of the things that were most influential that I learned that I 
were then like the jumping off point for me and Coach Dan to continue on our journey and figure out how to be better athletes, teammates, leaders, and human beings. (laughs) So some of these you may have heard me kind of dip into here and there. I've got a list of episodes at the end that you can go back and listen to if you want to hear more about them. But the first thing I must tell you about is the puppy talk. The puppy talk is iconic for Bonnie Destroyer. True story, Bonnie Destroyer never had a dog. (laughs) So uh, this was just something that she came up with because she really liked using animal references because they seem to be something people could relate to very well. And the puppy talk is this. Imagine you have this adorable puppy. Say she's a chocolate lab. (laughs) And She's sweet and wonderful and wants to please you so much. She wants to learn things from you, but she doesn't do everything perfectly. She doesn't completely understand what you mean. And so sometimes she screws up and she makes a mistake. Maybe she eats your flip-flop. Um, so let's say every time you, you try to get your dog to sit and she doesn't quite have it right, you just like yell at her and tell her that she's stupid and that she sucks and that she'll never get this and that she's just terrible. And oh, why are you even thinking about learning how to sit? That seems a bit extreme, right? Let's say you you go one worse. Let's say you don't just yell at your puppy. Let's say you kick your puppy. Every time your puppy tries to learn something and doesn't get it right, you just kick this puppy. And puppy goes, ooh, and what's going to happen over time? Well, the puppy's not exactly going to want to learn. The puppy isn't going to want to learn from you. The puppy is going to be averse to the learning process and is going to have some emotional hangups about it. Now, what this actually translates to is how many of us learn in roller derby. There are a lot of perfectionists in the sport of roller derby, a lot of people who want to do things extremely well all the time and aren't able to give themselves credit for the learning process and the progress that they make along the way. And so how many times at practice have you or someone else just like tried to do a hockey stop and then just go, oh, I suck at this or oh, I can't do this. It's the worst. I'm never going to get this. I don't do those because I just can't get it. Well, if you say that you can't get it, then you're not going to get it. So this is a chance to change the language we use and learn to love learning. Enjoy the process of progress, chasing progress, not perfection. If Every time you make a little bit of progress on something, if instead of kicking your puppy, you give your little internal puppy a little treat, because let's keep in mind, you are the puppy and the trainer. It's a lot of responsibility, but maybe, maybe you give a little little treat, a little carrot. Uh, My chocolate lab loves carrots. Well, every time like your, your dog is going to be a little bit more ready to, oh yeah, I love learning. Oh, please, can I learn something else? Because I know on the other side of it, I'm going to get some positive reinforcement. Yeah, learning is great. And you know, every time you make a little bit of progress, be like, yes, 
that's a little bit better than before. Yes, yes, I am awesome for making progress. This is great. I love learning. It's really hard because so many of us, for some reason, grew up with this idea that we had to be mean to ourselves in order to get better, that being nice would somehow, I don't know, undo that. And it's it's terrible. And it didn't make any of us better. It made a, generations of people who were incredibly hard on themselves. And maybe it was learned. I don't know where it comes from. Bonnie doesn't know where it comes from either. But it's this piece of our culture, and it doesn't have to be that way. And so our way of undoing this learned behavior is by kind of taking this analogy of of puppy kicking and repeating it to yourself over and over again until you start to do it, and then also repeating it to others. Because when you teach something, it also reinforces the lesson for you, and it helps them. And then before you know it, they're telling the puppy kicking story to someone else. And that's what happened. The puppy kicking story became ingrained in our roller derby culture. You've probably heard it already. You've probably heard it from somebody else. And just the term puppy kicking, it's become part of our vocabulary. If you see somebody over there getting down on themselves, you usually are like, oh, so-and-so's over there kicking their puppy right now, but um, we're going to help them work out of it. The idea of the puppy talk is a lot of us are, are very kind to others and give lots of positive reinforcement to other people who are learning things on their journey and like, yes, 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 everything you're doing is so great. But we also need to be kind to ourselves. Another lesson I learned from listening to Bonnie and the MP3s and the clinic is the idea of mental injuries in Derby. Physical injuries, yeah, we all know about that. We all know about the process. But two things stood out from that lesson. One was that a lot of people who get injured knew they shouldn't have gone to practice that day. And every time I've gotten hurt, it's because I tried to force something a little bit more than I should have because of a sense of obligation to myself and to others of, of what other people's expectations might be and what my expectations are of myself, that I'm not a quitter and that I'm going to go through it. And that's usually when the, the bad thing happens, when I was having just the most rotten day and shouldn't have gone. Um, that's actually how my concussion happened. I was actually really distracted with, um, my knee was starting to act up early on this year. And I was just like, well, my knee has to start getting used to roller derby. So yeah, I'll do the last drill of the night. Well, the last drill of the night ended up in a high block that gave me uh, the start of my concussion. So probably should have just been like, you know what? You've done 85% of practice tonight. And that's amazing. That's a lot more than you could have done before. And I should have stopped and I didn't. So that's, that's one aspect of the mental side of injuries is the prevention of knowing when you need to stop. And the other part is the mental injuries. Sometimes some things happen in derby that hurt you in an emotional place and you just need to take a break from roller derby. 
And that's what we did with the cross-country road trip. We were literally taking a break from roller derby. We needed it. Coach Dan and I, it was his first season as a coach, my first season as a captain. We were not being the leaders we wanted to be, even though we wanted to be good so badly. But we didn't know how to do that as well as we do now. That takes time. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of um, self-reflection. And we needed a space to do that in. And so when you have a mental injury in Derby, those can be contagious. So you do want to take time away and it takes time to heal. And to do that, you need to rest, reflect, and then later when you are ready, reignite, reignite your passion for the sport, your enthusiasm and inspiration and energy to come back to roller derby and be the person you want to be when you are there. Let's take a quick break before I go on to the next section and you can hear from some of our wonderful sponsors. Roller Derby Athletics provides high-level coaching to derby athletes worldwide. They've been the leaders in home-based roller derby cross-training for over seven years. They offer team training plans to support your league. RDA wants to help teams keep working together toward their goals. Membership is now open year-round, so you have access whenever you need it. You can sign up for the Essential Plan, which is great if you prefer to do workout plans on your own, at your own pace. You can choose from a huge library of derby-specific workouts. If you get stuck, there are instructional videos that can help you understand understand the exact moves you need to get maximum results. There's also the MVP plan, which is perfect for the Derby athlete who enjoys additional coaching. This plan is personalized to your needs and can help you reach your goals a lot quicker with the help of RDA's Skater Success Coaches. You can follow the workout calendar and drag and drop it to fit your schedule and get access to all the boot camps and group fitness challenges for free. My favorite group challenge is Suns Out, Funs Out because that one helped me get to my first pull-up ever. And I love that the workouts don't take up a ton of your time. They're short and effective. Roller Derby Athletics offers a ton of derby-specific workouts that will help you to be stronger and faster on the track. And it's all provided to you in the palm of your hand in an easy-to-use app. RDA wants to keep everyone safe, strong, and unstoppable. Get started on your fitness journey today. Visit rollerderbyathletics.com plans to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Bout Betty's, the only roller derby subscription service in the world. They offer a range of levels, so you're sure to find a pack that fits in your budget. So whether you're wanting derby enamel pins, comfy athleisure clothes, or sturdy workout apparel, they have you covered. As for me, I super love the apparel. You may have noticed how often I wear it when I make videos for our Facebook page. The leggings, shorts, and sports bras are amazing. The material is ridiculously silky, smooth, and soft. The first time I pulled on my leggings, I could not stop touching my legs and asking friends to touch my legs so they could feel the magic that is this material. And it's so darn cute. There's mermaids, dinosaurs, cats, and many fun new designs coming your way. Whether you're hitting the track, skate park, gym, or grocery store, you will turn heads and bring joy to those you meet. They offer sizes small through 3X and leggings are bout tested and derby durable. Subscribe today using our podcast promo code POWER10 for 10% off your first pack at boutbetties.com. It's like derby Christmas every single month and yes, they do ship internationally. The next section is lessons that are more about interpersonal communication, relating to other people, 
getting along with other people. And I didn't know that I had any issues getting along with people until I got to my second league and had this really challenging season. I had kind of figured out how to be a part of my first league, even though I felt personally very different from a lot of people there. I could fit into the mold of what a roller derby player was supposed to be during the hours of practice time and game time. Even though many of us just had no way of relating to each other. Otherwise, I could figure out, okay, it's this, it's this tough mindset where we're kind of rough and, you know, this is what being a roller derby player is. And then you, you meet another league and you realize, oh, not everyone's like that. Also, I don't know if this has changed dramatically. It feels like it has in my life, but there was a lot more of a mean girls culture in roller derby in my early days, in my early years where there would be individuals who were kind of bullies and who had dramatic tempers and everyone just had to deal with it because they were a great player and no one wanted them to leave. And that became a thing as there were individuals who were ticking time bombs. I had it in my head that I could make these people like me. That was not always the case. In fact, I learned from Monty Destroyer, that there are some people who just don't like happy people. They don't. Um, <laughs> that's kind of a thing. And I, I thought I could change to be what they wanted, and nothing I did made a difference. Nothing I did could win these people over. Clearly, like, just the sight of me was just, and... I had to learn that not everyone's going to like you and that can be okay, but you have to figure out a way for it not to be weird for everyone when there is some sort of a, a conflict or a, a personality conflict, I guess we could, we could call it. And that environment though, an environment with mean girls or bullies or what have you, I hope you don't have this with your league, but for those of you who have lived through it and who have been through it, I, I feel very fortunate to have come out the other side much stronger and to be in leagues that are not this way, that are full of kind people who are considerate and compassionate to each other, which is a glorious environment to be in. Anyway, let's talk about the bad environment for a minute. <laughs> um, the extension of the puppy talk conversation is another thing that gets in the way of learning is your effect on others. So some people are afraid to be shiny. They're afraid to go out there and do something amazing because they're worried about a few different things. One, they're afraid of making others jealous. Like if I do really well, other people might not like me because they're jealous of me. Uh, another reason that gets in your head a little bit about learning sometimes is it, it, oh, if I'm nice to myself and I give myself treats, then I might become complacent and not learn as effectively. I might just coast on by and not continue to progress up and up and up if I'm not hard on myself. And perfectionists feel this way. This is a perfectionist tendency. It does not have to be the truth, but just because your mind thinks it's the truth doesn't mean it is. I think 
positive reinforcement actually motivates you to go on to the next step and do more things that are greater, not just rest on your laurels like you think you might. Another reason people are afraid to be shiny, to go out there and pursue their dreams to the fullest of their potential, they're afraid of being, you know, getting hated on, being thought of as cocky. Now, cocky is believing you are above others. And other people th- see you do some amazing move and they're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> um, and there's a Taylor Swift song that Bonnie pointed out that has a lyric, people throw rocks at things that shine. It's true. That can happen. I actually did an episode about this already a little bit um, about the word show off. I hate the word show off. You know why? Because it implies that you are doing great things just to make other people feel bad when it has nothing to do with other people and it's your personal pursuit of greatness that you're trying to achieve right now. Just because you're off trying to do some sort of a jump during the water break doesn't mean you're doing it to make the person off in the corner feel bad. You can't actually control how other people feel. (laughs) You can't. And if you try to control how everyone feels about you, you'll really just go out of your mind. So the only weapon that they have is to call you a show off. And they usually say it in a mean girl voice. Those words can hurt. They can hurt a lot. So don't hate on other people for trying to be better. Like, and you, those of you who are trying to be better, you shouldn't be afraid of people hating on you for being confident and attempting to self-improve. And, you know, this isn't boo you to the people who are watching. It's yay me. Like, if I'm trying to do something great, I'm not doing it because I want to punish you. I'm doing it because I'm trying to chase something I really want for me. And hey, if you want to come work on this skill too, come on over. I would be happy to work on it with a friend. It would make me feel less alone. (laughs) Another reason people are afraid to be shiny is the fear of isolation. Because people who are insecure might have animosity towards you and turn away from you. You might feel a little bit alienated from the group. But if you have a shiny skater in your league, on your team, that's a wonderful thing. If you have a really skilled skater, someone who came from a sports background or just seems to pick up things really quickly because of their sports background, their athleticism, whatever they had walking in the door, it could even be skating experience. That just makes your team better. It's not a reason to be envious or hateful. It's something you should embrace and try to learn from because that person probably feels really lonely. You think that they're over there thinking that they're all superior to everybody else. It's really, they're probably hoping someone wants to be friends with them. And if they don't feel like they're a part of the team, if they don't feel a welcome part of the team, you probably won't keep that skater. They'll stop coming or they'll go somewhere else. And that's the truth. That's what happens. Because... Shiny people have two choices. They can hide their light, not be shiny to try and fit in, but they'll feel real bad about it all the time. They won't be living their best life. Or you let that light shine. 
You let that light shine and not worry about anyone who's watching and you do it for you. And if other people are repeatedly putting you down and don't want to self-improve, sometimes you got to shine somewhere else. I find that the best way of suggesting re-education process to another human being (laughs) is to go over to the um, person who says show off and just let them know. Some people don't know they're being a jerk. They don't know. So you can respond with compassion and just say, hey, I've been working on this skill for a really long time and I'm really trying to nail it. Um, you're working on things that are good for you. I'm working on things that are good for me, for where I'm at in my career. Please don't make me feel bad for trying to be great. I really want to do this. And if you want to work on this skill too, like, please come on over. It usually stops them right away because a lot of people don't realize that the term show off can be hurtful. A lot of people are just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. It was just a joke. That That's a, another common response. Uh, it was just a joke. Can't you take a joke? Well, is it? It's something that you learned from hearing other people say it, other people who were not using it as a joke. <laughs> so let's all just get away from using terms that are meant to put other people down and see if we can use language instead that can elevate each other, help people come up to where they belong. Another thing that's really interesting about this interpersonal communication dynamic, things I learned from Bonnie Destroyer, is that roller derby can truly be about so much more than skating. It doesn't have to just be the place you go to skate. I think that you wouldn't be listening to this podcast or be a hundred episodes in if you didn't believe that too. It's a place, it's an arena where you can come out stronger than you were before. You can come out braver. A lot of us kind of come in in one shape. And um, I think the quote that Bonnie Destroyer often used is that we come into roller derby as rough gems and we can emerge as shiny diamonds. And that's not an easy process. It can be a painful process as you go in and you you find out all the things that are absolutely going to challenge you (laughs) as you are worn down and built back up again over and over again. And you might not have come to roller derby to better yourself as a person in interpersonal communication and conflict management, but there's no better place to learn these things as you attract such a wide array of individuals and personality types to learn from and figure out how to work with. I feel like you can handle almost anything in life after you have been through roller derby. Um, And again, like some people don't know they're being a jerk. Nine times out of 10, they might not know they're being a jerk when they're being a jerk. So when you, when conflicts come up, just react with compassion. Another thing I learned is that talking at people isn't a great thing to do. So if you are communicating with someone, try and figure out, am I just like talking head at this person, just saying, here's all my feelings without listening? Being a considerate listener and knowing when to share is extremely valuable. And as you know, from listening to this podcast, 
Being a better listener is something I really want to do and continually work towards. I feel I still talk more than I listen. Probably also because I have a podcast. (laughs) Another way to work on your, your sociology and conflict resolution is avoiding language like you should do this or we have to do that. Things that imply that there's only one way to go and that things are absolute. I hate absolute language. Absolute language is the worst because it allows no wiggle room or room for growth or opportunities for new ideas or points of view or opinions. Words like always and never, hate them. Just take them right out of your vocabulary. Like I I only said it a few episodes ago, but I'll say it again. Always only has a place if you're saying things like, I will always love you (laughs) and I will, I will never not be there for you. (laughs) Otherwise, get rid of it. There are other words you could be using when you talk to somebody, perhaps like, instead of like, you always screw this up, you could be like, you often forget to do this thing that's really important and I have an idea for how we could help correct this habit (laughs) is an option. Like this sometimes happens. This often happens. Many times I have witnessed this in my opinion or in my experience or or from my perspective, I have witnessed this. Anything you can do to kind of humanize it and not have it be like some sort of commandment coming down from up above that like, this is the thing you do and it's bad always and you'll never be able to change. Allow people the chance to change. Allow them the opportunity to change and grow. They'll be a lot happier for it. (laughs) Now, I'm going to take another quick break because the next section is kind of big and I want to make sure it all stays together. So we'll come back right after this message. Today's episode is sponsored by Moda Skates. Moda boots are better than the rest for serious performance and serious comfort. The Savage Tech starts with an ultra lightweight composite sole injected with long fiberglass, enabling much more rigidity than a standard leather sole. This means more direct power transfer with every push in your stride. The FlexFit counters are the first and only counter that adjusts to your foot and eliminates the difficult break-in period. Other boots become softer over time, but then ultimately break down, losing the fit that allows you to perform at your best. These will have the same fit from day one to year 20. The Savage Tech external mounting template makes mounting the plate of your choice as easy as one, two, three. Perfection front to back and side to side. You'll also have the ability to change your heel height externally, which can allow for better balance, stability, and maneuverability. The performance enhanced anatomical footbed disperses that awful pressure that can accrue while skating that causes blisters, calluses, and foot numbness. The barefoot fit Let's your toes rest comfortably. Ah, sweet toes. You deserve this. Get motivated with Moda Skates. Use our discount code PT4W at checkout at modaskates.com. M-O-T-A skates.com. Code PT4W. This last section is about leadership and coaching. Before recording this episode this week, I really wanted to do a deep dive back into what I learned from Bonnie Destroyer specifically, because like I said, these lessons were a jumping off point for me, an opportunity to be better. 
and make Jackie Bauer a better athlete, teammate, leader, and human being. And I I loved the lessons from the MP3s like Zen Roller Derby, Happy Place Maintenance, Puppy Talk, Part 1 and 2. But the parts I needed the most help with were leadership related because I thought I was a great leader. You know why? Because I had a lot to say and I knew a lot. Everyone wanted to hear me talk, right? That was a lot of the big problem with me being a captain was I did a lot of talking and a lot of teaching and not a lot of listening or facilitating. So these were areas I found I was vastly out of my depth and I didn't, I no longer had enough time to make it right, sadly. When I came back to my league, I tried to make all these changes to be better, but it was, it was too late. Everyone had made up their minds about me already and I couldn't see a way back. And that's how I ended up transferring to another league the next season and giving roller derby another try without a leadership role for a while while I worked on myself, while I tried to figure out how to be the leader I was expected to be and didn't know how to be back then. Because it turns out knowing stuff isn't enough. It's not. (laughs) In fact, one of the most overwhelming parts of the process from the clinic was Bonnie Destroyer gets out a big whiteboard and asks everyone in the room, like, tell us what you want in a leader or a coach. I don't remember the specifics, but let's just say it was like, what do you need a coach to be? And people were just, you know, shouting out words like, you know, knowledgeable about roller derby, good listener, compassionate, uh, this, that. Before you know it, there is almost no space left on the whiteboard. There are so many qualities everyone wanted and expected and needed in a coach. And Coach Dan, as a first-year coach, looked at that and was just overwhelmed. He realized, I'm not all those things. I don't know if I can be those things. I don't know if I'll ever be all of those things. It was very humbling to just be like, I can't believe everyone expects so much of this one person, wants them to be the perfect person that can be everything to everyone. Well, guess what? You'll never be that. You can keep trying and I think embrace the lessons that are most important and just keep going on your journey, but you will never be everything to everyone. If there are multiple coaches in your organization, chances are everyone will have their own favorite coach that they go to with their problems. And it might not always be you. And it doesn't mean you're a bad coach. It just means there's something that they like talking to that person about more that clicks with their personality. You can't be everybody's everything. It's impossible. It's an unrealistic expectation. But there are some things that are very important about being a leader or a coach And for this section, I have a surprise for you. Over the last several days, along with re-listening to, I think, almost every Bonnie Destroyer MP3, I found something else on the internet that I had never listened to before. And it was a YouTube channel that did a series with Bonnie called Role Models, R-O-L-L. How cute is that? I'm going to include a link to it in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to the whole thing. 
And because I paid for the original MP3s, I do not feel right about trying to use any sound bites in this episode because it's not my property. But for these public chats on YouTube where there's like a few moments where Bonnie expresses something so well, I kind of borrowed a few little snippets and I'm going to interlace them into this section. So right now, I want you to hear Bonnie talk about the three things that a leader should be. I don't necessarily think I was the best of leaders, um, at least not until I, until like towards the end. But um, I would say that what I look for in leadership is a, is um, someone who knows themselves mm. and someone who can listen to other people and then someone who can bring the best out of others. When you break it down like that, the whiteboard doesn't seem as daunting anymore if you can just focus on these things, which are basically the equivalent of don't try to be someone you're not. Don't try to fit into some sort of mold. Figure out who you are and what your strengths are and be true to that and true to yourself and what you love about roller derby when you are being a leader to everyone else. The aspect of listening being so important And then the most important probably part of leadership is the part where it's not about you. It's not about you being a leader. It's about the effect you can have on other people, the potential you can pull out of other people. Isabel Ringer on another one of those MP3s said that leadership is measured in the success of others and that leaders aren't always recognized at the time of their leadership, but are usually reflected on later. And It's about how you make others feel like anything you say, you are, you're speaking from your position, whether you are a team captain, a member of the board or a coach, even if you're at an after party, you are still the coach. You are still the captain. You are still the board person. And you have to remember that role. You can't just take a night off, take that hat off and be like, I'm not that person right now. This shouldn't be a big deal. No, you are still that person and speaking from that point of view, whether you're thinking about it or not. So you have to keep that in mind. (laughs) That's a reason why coach Dan does not drink at after parties because he's very aware he is always the coach and he wants to be there and very clear headed in case any skaters want to talk about the game or talk about their playtime or talk about some aspect of roller derby one-on-one because he finds that often happens at after parties. Someone will just suddenly need to have a long talk and he's he's there for it. This is what he's there for. <laughs> so back to the advice from Bonnie. Bonnie says a leader pulls out the greatest potential out of a group through communication skills, burnout prevention, conflict resolution, and inspiration. Communication skills, one of the most important things that coach Dan and I learned is that you can talk for about 45 seconds before people are going to lose interest and look at something shiny on the wall or whatever, because we have short attention spans now. So every 45 seconds, you should be thinking about making a joke, tossing it over to another person to talk, going quickly to a demo or to, hey, let's all go try this part of the drill now. If you want to keep everyone engaged, you can't just be up there talking forever. And if you offer the entire lesson at once, people aren't going to remember anyways. 
you talking for five minutes, they're not going to remember everything you said, and you're going to have to go repeat parts of it anyway. So if you dish it out just a little bit at a time and work at little aspects at a time, you're a lot more likely to have success. (laughs) And you should see yourself more as a facilitator than a teacher. A teacher gets up in front of the room and just kind of drones on and on and on, giving you information, shoving it into your brain, and then testing you later. A facilitator sets a stage for you to give you opportunities to make the breakthroughs and the learning and doesn't have to tell you every tiny little detail on how to do it, lets you find out those parts along the way. I've got another sound clip here about being a good listener as a leader. So much of coaching is just hearing and being heard. That's 75% of it. The actual relaying of information is only 25%. Like the information itself isn't as, as crucial as, can you hear me? Do I hear you? Uh, do we understand each other? Like that uh, with coaching women, that was everything to me. Um, and the relaying of information is just take a big concept and make it tiny bites. And, and that part was natural for me because I was a slow learner. So I understood things have to be done in baby steps. Like that was natural and that was easy. It's the leadership and the listening aspect that was learned. The next aspect of being a leader was burnout prevention, which means you can't be a great leader if you're about to turn into a rage monster over the last email you received. So knowing when to take a break and setting some limits in terms of notifications and when people can talk to you about certain things will help with your sanity over time. For conflict resolution as a leader, it's just all about wolves will naturally challenge the leader. It's another animal metaphor here for you. It's a natural thing. There's a lot of alphas in roller derby and they can and will test you, especially if you seem uncertain or not as confident as a leader. They will they will test you. And how you handle those tests are is going to determine what type of leader you are. It's basically just being compassionate, confident, and knowing when the right time and place is to have these interactions. You might be challenged in front of a group of people or on a message board or on social media. That's not exactly the arena to have your challenge fight in. (laughs) I wouldn't even call it a fight. I would just call it just, let's just call it a challenge. It's a lot better to just pull someone aside, maybe uh, before or after practice or better yet offer to go buy them some food because people really like food and to have a conversation one-on-one with compassion where you say, hey, uh, the things you said, this is how it made me feel. This is what I'm trying to do in the best interests of the team. I, I want to give you this opportunity like so that I can hear you out and I want to listen and, you know, let's move forward from here. And that can be a very adult conversation instead of just like, having a tantrum in the middle of the track because you didn't like something. And that's, that's how adults fix things. I have to say the food thing does not always work. I tried this 
with a member of the league that I thought I was having conflict with and could maybe come out of it better and stronger on the other side. And I feel like we had a very good adult conversation. We sat and we talked for a long time, but it didn't feel like it changed anything afterwards. So I learned that, you know, the most important thing is that you try. Sometimes the relationship might not feel immediately better. You might not feel like, oh, thank God we finally talked about this. It might just be like, well, we tried and let's just try to move forward and that's okay too. Um, I've used this tactic a lot over the years with other people in other leagues where I felt like we had beef and just hadn't resolved it. And so I would have a one-on-one conversation to try and resolve it. And sometimes you have a huge sense of relief when you realize it was all a big misunderstanding. Sometimes you just come out of it understanding each other a lot better, but realizing nothing about the relationship specifically will change at this point. It's just going to take a lot of time. And just being okay with that is really important. Uh, The other aspect of being a good coach or leader is the aspect of inspiration. I've got a soundbite here about greatness. The main goal was always greatness Mm -hmm. which is a goal that it's never really over Mm -hmm. um and it's so it gives you something constant to strive for and when you talk about the greatness that you see in people already Mm -hmm. and you're able to point out individual characteristics that people have and say like look this is the beginning of something great And this team can do great things. And here's, you know, and it applies differently to every single league, obviously, but Mm -hmm. a vision of greatness and, and striving for it and really believing that that's a possibility for you is, um, one of the most inspiring things. I think like, that's what I, I look for. It can be really daunting as a leader to imagine that you have to inspire a group of people. Like, how do you get people to do things that maybe they don't want to do as much. And it comes from a place of getting them really excited about something and attendance policies and threats to take you off the roster. Those things don't inspire loyalty or enthusiasm or creativity. And you also have to be inspired in order to inspire others Bonnie says that to share, you have to share what inspires you with others. You need them to feel your passion. And she described it as basically doing the Care Bear stare on everybody. Like, feel all this passion coming out of me. It's amazing. Don't you want to be a part of it? But maybe not that intense because that's a lot. But if you share a vision of potential for the group of what we could accomplish together, it gets people visualizing and thinking about the future in a way that gives them optimism and hope and excitement and something to work for. And that's, that's how you inspire. Um, also, if you want to get more people on board with your leadership, give away some of your power. It's really easy to get drunk on power And to think that if you don't do it, it won't get done the right way and that'll be bad. But really, the more power you give away, the more you 
have people help you, as long as the thing gets done, that should be okay. It doesn't have to be perfect perfectionists, but it, it does have to be done. <laughs> um, another important lesson that Coach Dan and I learned from Bonnie Destroyer is the difference between leading and dominating. We were both dominating more than leading because we came from backgrounds where if it wasn't like a firm leader out front, then there was like the idea that the ship would, wouldn't get steered right or something. Um, she helped us get away from the idea of dictatorship, which we didn't think we were, but we probably were just trying to be out front too much. And that led to mutiny. And, um, also the idea of screaming during games as a coach doesn't inspire other people. It might think they might think, Oh, he's, this person is defending us, um, from the bad penalties that are being called or whatever, but the refs don't care. And it just kind of makes you look like a loose cannon, which makes everyone a little bit more uncertain. And, the bench should be a comfortable place, a place of certainty, a place where you can be secure. It's supposed to be restful. It's a Zen place to be before you go back out. And it can't be a Zen place if people are screaming at each other. And that starts with the coach and then bleeds down to the players and so on. Another aspect of being a good coach is understanding that learning is a vulnerable process and trying to maintain the integrity of the learning environment. Um, someone who's just in the middle blowing the whistle and barking out things isn't very inspiring. And it also makes the learning environment sometimes a little bit hostile. Uh, Coach Dan really tries to create an environment that's comfortable for people to learn, where people can share what they figured out, uh, it, like, did anyone figure out something that really worked for them that they want to share with the group? And everyone has an opportunity to speak if they want to. And we are encouraged to help others. Another great aspect of coaching is sometimes letting a water break go a little bit long. And what happens during those conversations is, yeah, sometimes a little social behavior, which is kind of necessary for, for bonding. But oftentimes people are helping each other with things from the previous drill or talking about a breakthrough that they made. And you don't want to cut that short. That's that's the good stuff. That's the rewards of the learning. And it, that makes a good team. Also, another thing for coaches that we learned from Bonnie Destroyer is choosing different people to demo each time rather than relying on the same people. When I was helping coach Dan, he was coaching the B team of a league and I was captain of the A team and we always traveled together. So I came to the B team practices and was asked to demo per every darn thing pretty much because I already knew. Um, but that wasn't the best way to teach the new group. We needed them to also feel confident enough to demo and the way Coach Dan does things now is he just asks for volunteers. He doesn't just pick somebody because he has learned if you just pick somebody and they did not want to demo that thing or they feel really insecure about that thing or aren't ready to be up on the stage in front of everyone, it can have very bad effects. It's like being called upon by a teacher. Instead, he's just like, hey, does um, can I get three people who remember the drill we did last week to quickly demo it for all of us? And 
when those three people have to teach everyone else, it reinforces the lesson, which is a wonderful way to learn. And now I do not demo everything. In fact, I wait and see if there are volunteers often. I do not just jump right in there unless he asks me to because it's something we talked about on the way there. That's about it. (laughs) I let other people lead as much as possible. So it's not like, oh, the coach's wife, she demos everything. I never want that to happen to me ever, ever again. I learned that very strongly in 2013. And I continue to use that lesson. (laughs) Um, Another great thing we learned about coaching was feedback. I often, as a captain, would walk, like, skate around during drills and just butt in on people and be like, hey, fix this. Hey, if you did that, it would work better. And I was just buttoning in on everybody helping because I thought that's what you did. That's what had been done to me. So that was what I knew. But I learned about something called the vampire clause. If you see something that someone could improve upon, chances are they... They haven't seen it yet because they don't see themselves. But um, how you want to give someone a present is really the crux of the whole thing. I mean, almost nobody likes a present hurled at their head. You sort of have to be like, would you like a present? I mean, I call it the vampire rule. You've heard me talk about that. I have the vampire rule where I have to be invited, but I can stand at the door and ask if I can come in. So... um, No one wants to be like surprised with their flaws and their faults. Like you already live with flaws and faults every day, can be crippling at times. And so if you can ask somebody like, hey, I saw something, do you want to hear it or do you not want to hear it? If someone says no, walk away and that's it. Give them a chance to possibly potentially come back and say, okay, well, I wasn't ready for it right then. What was that thing? Um, and if they say yes, then cool, you got permission and you can give it to them. But if you just come at people with what their faults are, it's like, you know, there's enough of that in life. Mm. And people come to roller derby for a release and escape and something positive. And so you sort of have to consider what your individual impact on other people is. Um, and your approach really defines that. So learning about the vampire rule had a big effect on me as a know-it-all who wanted to help everyone very, very, very much, but wasn't approaching people in the best way. So now, uh, from then on, I always made sure to ask permission before helping anyone. I often just do it very subtly. I watch and I watch, and then I I just kind of come over and I'm like, um, hey, uh, would you like to hear something that might help out a little bit with that? Or I say, like, um, if you're ready for it, I have a trick that might get you to the next step if you'd like. Like, I just I leave it completely open for them. Like, um, like, I think I saw something. Would you like to hear something that might help? And they get to be the ones to be actively saying yes instead of me just barging in and being like, here it is. Here's your lesson. Would you like it? Because that didn't give them an option. (laughs) Everyone should have an active part in the learning, not just have things thrown at their heads. (sighs) So 
I had to learn a lot of things. I had to learn a lot of things. I thought I was doing everything well because I wanted things really badly and I was achievement seeking and I was a perfectionist, but there were so many tweaks I could do to make this roller derby experience so much better for myself and for other people. First off with being kinder to myself, stopping kicking my puppy, stop being such a terrible perfectionist because boy, oh boy, does that rub off on other people. And then what have you got a whole team of them? It, it doesn't help. It doesn't make anybody more ready to learn. It's painful. And now I'm a very happy learner. I say really cheesy things like, I love learning, and I mean it. I genuinely mean it. Even when it's tough, even when I'm not good at something right away, and that can be painful. That can be a painful wake-up call when you think, I'm going to be great at this, and you're not immediately great at this. Like skate park skating. I feel like I have a long way to go to learn things, but I'm a little bit more excited about it because the fact that I know so little means that the potential is so high. <laughs> uh, it could be really, really great. Um, and not everything I learned from Bonnie worked or worked the way that I hoped or expected. And when you learn things from people, it's not like a, a life manual. You basically, you take in information from the world. You take in information from this podcast. You take in information from Bonnie Destroyer. You take in information from your parents, your teachers, loved ones, the television set, probably. It's all about taking in information, processing it, like sitting with it, and then figuring out how it works for you, how to use it so that it works for you. You shouldn't do everything exactly how I do it. You shouldn't do everything exactly how Bonnie does it. You should take the lesson and then figure out what your way is. Because when I did this podcast, I wasn't trying to be the next Bonnie Destroyer. I needed to be the first Jackie Bauer. And Bonnie helped point me in the right direction so that I could find that person and uncover that person and just kind of work on those rough edges and find the shiny diamond underneath that was me so that I could be my own unique gem. And with all these lessons, some lessons need to be learned over time. After all, we did that cross-country road trip listening to the MP3s with our puppy visiting national parks, hiking, and having a wonderful time of reflection. But at the end of it, it was kind of, we had so much anxiety as we got closer to home. We didn't want to go home and face the roller derby team from that year and deal with the ownership of our mistakes. And it, it was, it was daunting we had a fear that other people wouldn't want to or be able to change. We were very concerned about what the rest of that season would hold for us. We knew that starting the process was the only way to get through it, though. So we went back and we took our medicine and tried to begin anew wherever possible, whenever possible, and and start the new way of being a good captain uh, Dan had already stopped being a coach at that point, and we had a lot of growing to do. It's not like 
we came back and were suddenly the thing we always wanted to be, that process takes time. Bonnie came up with the puppy talk because she needed to hear it. She kept telling it to other people, but also needed to hear it herself over and over and over again for it to sink in. Sometimes you can have a breakthrough. You can have these knowledge bombs go off in your head and you know the right path to take, but it's hard to get on and it's hard to stay on because of your upbringing, experience, habits. Self-improvement takes work and it takes time. And not everyone came to roller derby for self-improvement. However, I think you're missing out if you don't take advantage of this wonderful opportunity laid out before you to become your own shiny diamond and, you know, get some of those rough edges out of there. Be all shiny. (laughs) So we had that wonderful weekend with Bonnie. Some skaters from my first league had come up and they were staying with us too. And after she left, we found two things. One was she had left me a, an agility DVD. She had mentioned offhand at some point during the weekend that she has a, a policy of give and run, where instead of awkwardly giving something to somebody and then standing there waiting for their reaction, you just leave them something and hide it and they find it later. And that's what happened. Um, she left me a gift of this DVD and um, it was lovely. Also, she wrote us a letter. We found it in a notebook, a notebook that must have been sitting on the nightstand or something. Dan found it actually years later. And it was a really sweet note where she really, you know, thanked us for our hospitality, but also was very encouraging to us about the future. And it was really nice to find. We found it at a time when we needed to see it. And It was really great. So why am I doing this whole episode where I'm telling you things I learned from Bonnie? I'm I'm really hoping that this serves as my gratitude letter to Bonnie. I want Bonnie to be able to hear this someday and know what an impact she had on my life and the life of Coach Dan. Bonnie Destroyer, if you are listening Please know we care about you very, very much, and we really appreciate um, how giving you were with your time to so many people in the world of roller derby and how much you tried to affect change in the sport and in people's lives, helping them as individuals and uh, interpersonally in their communication And I don't really know if I'd be the person I am today if I hadn't met you because I was on a path to crash and burn in roller derby to get completely frustrated and have to stop. And instead, I found ways to grow. And now here I am trying to help other people. So all of that, like the fact that this podcast exists Bonnie, you get the assist on that. You influenced me. You influenced Coach Dan. And we found a better way. We found a different way that we liked better of doing things. And now we try to share those lessons with as many people as possible. So thank you so much for just 
all your time being out there in the derby world, trying to make it a better place and trying to make the world a better place. We really appreciate how generous you were with all of that. And I really want things to get better for you. I really hope that they do. If you ever want to talk, I am here and I hope you find your way. I hope you find your way back to yourself and that uh, your life can be a lot better now. Oh gosh, I don't want to cry. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you. <laughs> Love Jackie. <laughs> Once again, if you do want to help Bonnie Destroyer, there is a GoFundMe page. I am putting the link in the show notes. You can go check it out. I have also have it shared on Facebook. If the link isn't working for you, you can definitely find it on my Facebook page. If you can give, please do. You could be really helping someone out, get back their life. Someone who has given so much to other people. It would be very, very good. If you can't give financially, maybe share the link around. And if you didn't get a chance to hear the MP3s, I am also including the link to the YouTube show that I found. And if you want, you can watch that and hear some of Bonnie's lessons straight from her. Growing into our outro now here, um, I did make a list of episodes in particular where some of the lessons were gone into in a little bit more detail. If you want to go back and listen, uh, episode 29, Punching Sharks, episode 30, Imposter Syndrome and Perfectionism. There's a lot of mindset, puppy kicking, growth stuff there, as well as episode 31, change from fixed mindset to growth mindset. Episode 32, feedback, asking for, giving, receiving. We definitely talk about the vampire rule in that episode. Episode 26, show off being shiny and laws of power. I talk a lot about my dislike of the word show off in that. And episode 27, Ways to Keep Practice a Happy Place, was inspired in part by Happy Place Maintenance from Bonnie Destroyer. And episode 36, Injuries, talks a little bit about some of the things I talked about earlier as well. Oh, boy, what an episode. Um, this really takes me back. Like all week I've been listening to the MP3s and then those YouTube videos. And yeah, it's 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 been really emotional, actually. But before we go, I, I have some thank yous to make. Um, I want to thank our new patron from last week. Uh, her derby name is Ivana Exposia. And now that I know that, I needed to thank her again because her derby name is delightful and fun to say. <laughs> I also want to thank all of the patrons on Patreon and our top tier patrons. Bye, Felicia, Stevie Kicks, Rachel White, Tara Wiebenson, and the training team at Charlotte Roller Derby. Thank you to Genergy, our transcriber, who will have a fun time putting my words into text for people to read and be more accessible. And that will be publicly available on Patreon. You can find it anytime. Much thank you to people who shared social media love this week, including Milana, Kate, Lindell, Machete, Roller Derby Impact, and Invader Zim 42. If I don't thank you each week, like when you're sharing stuff, it might be because of your privacy settings. Just know that you are truly thanked. Thank you to our sponsors, Roller Derby Athletics, Moda Skates, and Bout Betty's. Really appreciate your support. 
There's also a hashtag derby hug challenge going around where you find a photo of a wonderful roller derby hug from the past and share it on social media just to give us all the feels goods and remind us all of what we're really looking forward to when roller derby starts up again. Thank you everybody so much for listening to this really long episode. We have been talking about derby and sharing derby thoughts. Pew, pew! All the laser beams of positivity this week go out to Bonnie Destroyer. Thank you for listening to another episode of Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. I really hope those laser beams of positivity will carry through your day. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook or on Instagram or Twitter at Power Fourth Whistle. That's P-O-W-E-R, the number four, T-H-W-H-I-S-T-L-E. You can find fun videos of On and Off Skates training at our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Instagram. You could also support the podcast on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. The benefits of becoming a patron include fun stuff I can send you, like stickers, buttons, or shirts from our Threadless store. You can get access to our Discord server, bonus content, and free giveaways. Plus, patrons now have access to an ad-free version of the podcast that will download to your favorite podcast app each week, and everyone can access our transcribed episodes at patreon.com slash powerforthwhistle. If you like the content we provide and want to support us on this journey, please consider becoming a patron. If you want to expand your derby wardrobe, of course, another way to support the podcast is visiting our store at powerforthwhistle.threadless.com, where you can get our designs on just about any type of apparel or accessory you can dream up. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast anywhere you can. Leaving reviews is still the best way to help this podcast be found and spread those laser beams of positivity to more humans. Plus, it's a way you can give back that is completely free. Open up your Apple Podcast app, punch those stars, and leave me a pew pew!